0: I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quinn podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Starting a new business venture, especially if you don't have financial backing, can be one of the hardest decisions that you can make. It takes enormous courage and fortitude. More and more Indians are taking that plunge now. In fact, it's quite possible that you have a great idea for a business and you're wondering how to take that first step. Thanks for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions and I'm Alex Matthew. On this podcast, we're going to talk about starting up, what you need to know when you're making that decision and indeed how to stay the course. My guest today has done just that. She decided to start her own venture in 2009, Forefront Capital Management, which was acquired by Edelweiss eventually in 2014. She's now the CEO of Edelweiss AMC. Radhika Gupta, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Now, I do realize, Radhika, that that introduction does very little justice to your life and journey so far. And I, I know that your childhood particularly uh, played a big part influencing you uh, to take the decisions that you did take. And there was the education at Wharton and the job as a consultant with McKinsey. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us about your early life and how that led you to where you are now.
1: So, uh, you know, as I reflect back on everything, I'm just so happy about the experience i had in my early years my father was a diplomat he was a foreign service officer and i grew up on four continents and in five different countries wow uh starting with pakistan actually where i was born mm. um and i lived in countries like uh you know nigeria which is in west africa went to school in europe um and the great thing about that is that you see so much change yes. and you know essentially you're a child who's been brought up in chaos mm. um the other wonderful thing is that you grow up in countries like Nigeria and Pakistan, where you really have to be. I mean, Jugadu is the word. Yeah. So in Nigeria, there are no clothing stores. Wow. So, I mean, you just make do with what you get and you learn to kind of make the best of the cards that are dealt with you. Mm. Um, and that's what we saw all our life uh, mm. growing up in these different uh, countries, dealing with different kinds of people, okay. um, which I think, you know, later in your life, particularly in the startup world is a big edge. Mm. Um, so I did that. And then I uh, decided to go abroad uh, to Wharton for my undergrad. I did my undergrad in computer science and business. I'm actually the first one for my family to go abroad for higher education, mm. as, as many people are. Um, so I did that, um, and I think going into education, I had no idea that I was going to do a startup. I, don't, I think most people are confused. I didn't even know anything about financial services. Yes. Um, what is a finance school? Um, I actually did my first few summers at Microsoft as an intern, mm. uh, then worked on uh, worked at McKinsey, went to Wall Street, um, and. All of us who know Wall Street, Lehman Brothers collapsed on my 25th birthday.
0: My goodness. This is
1: exactly 11 years ago. Um, so that was a really tough time at that point. Mm. Um, and after that, you know, we had just survived the layoffs. Everyone knows what Wall Street was going through. And I can tell you everything in the movies is basically true. Wow. Um, and then in 2009, we just thought about coming back to India mm. to do something of our own and mm. um, Why? I don't know. Um, I think young blood is hungry and foolish.
0: But that's, Radhika, a very difficult choice to make. And I understand that the circumstances were different for you. Uh, For example, today, we're not talking about the financial crisis of 2009. That was unprecedented. Uh, And you said that you survived the layoffs and all of that. But having said that, it's a very difficult choice to make. Somebody who's got a secure, well-paying job and then making the decision to make that plunge How do you deal with that?
1: It is a very difficult choice to make, and it's a difficult choice whether you're in India or the U.S., because, you know, you're used to a stable income and... uh you know, uh, you studied and gotten a great education at Wharton or IIT or wherever you studied. And uh, there are family expectations on you, uh, just as you've started earning and then to give it all up essentially for a dream. Mm. Um, in my case, in a country I had never lived in, mm. uh, you know, uh, makes it all the more crazy. But um, I think if you've got a solid idea, and if you have got the energy behind you, then giving it a plunge in your younger years is very good. Okay. One of the things that we constantly told ourselves, which was a great support is, okay, what's the worst that can happen? Okay. And the worst that can happen is the startup fails and you go back to business school. Yes. And that constantly was ringing. So that was my safety net in some sense. You mm. had your education to back you. You had your work experience to back you. So we didn't drop out of school to do the startup. Yes. We had a solid education. We had four or five years of Wall Street experience What was the worst that could actually happen to
0: us? So the important thing and and what I gauge from this answer that you've given me is to tell yourself that, you can always pick yourself up from that situation, especially if you've uh, equipped yourself well enough. The other thing that I want to ask you about is the requirement for capital. And I understand that Mm. you don't come. Obviously, you told me that uh, your dad was an IFS officer. You don't come from a a background of of business and you don't have the capital backing that somebody else might have. How challenging is that?
1: So that's a tough one. And um, it's tougher in the financial services industry Um, because there are not traditional people who give you funding in the earlier days and the capital requirements are higher. So the business we started, SEBI, required a minimum net worth of 2 crores, Mm. which for a 24-year-old is substantial. Um, You know, one of the good things I tell young people and what worked out with us is we were three partners. So that meant contributing 60, 65 lakhs. I had Mm. savings of 75 lakhs at that point. So most
0: of your money went into
1: it. Yeah, so most of your money does go into it. It's good when you start earning to start saving some capital. This Mm. is the thing I tell young people, why should I save money? Save money so that you can realize your dreams later in life. Mm. Because if you don't have that money, then you're going to be taking a lot of people's permission to do that startup. And then mom and dad and everybody comes into the Mm. picture. We really didn't have to ask because we had the capital. Um, Also be prepared when you do a startup, however, to live a slightly more meager existence.
0: Um,
1: And I think that's it's easier said than done because you have friends working at corporate jobs, Mm. right? And there is a natural comparison. So be prepared to compromise on lifestyle. I mean, that's inevitable.
0: No, so and, and that actually very interestingly leads me to the next question, which is, do you pay yourself a salary in the early years? Because I've met a few people who face that very dilemma. And because this is your baby, this is your dream, you've started up, and your business is hungry at that stage, you want to put as much capital into it as possible. And so you have to take certain sacrifices. But do you carve that out right at the onset?
1: So I think it's not an easy answer, but I've come to a reasonable conclusion that in the first year, you're bleeding a lot of money. So to try and pay yourself is very difficult. Essentially, you should start to live out of your savings. And when you plan for a startup, Mm. plan for one or two years of not taking salary. However, Mm. at some point, you need to start paying yourself something that something cannot be market rate salaries. What you would earn in a corporate is not what you're going to earn. But take home enough salary so that it's not a mental stress on your Mm. head. And your family, especially, you know, uh, you know, you're going home to your wife and she constantly tells you or your husband that you're earning no income. Mm. At that point, it will impede on your work. Yes. So don't do that. Um, Take home enough salary to make ends meet just about okay, without Mm. living a glamorous life, so that that pressure doesn't hit your work.
0: No. I, I realize that a lot of the conversation that we're having—it's uh, not necessarily one size fit all solutions. But having said that, when you say that you have to live off your savings in the first year, year and a half, two years, does that essentially mean that you have to ensure that you have that much capital available apart from what you put into your business?
1: Effectively, yes. I mean, you have to either have you know a mom and dad who are willing mm. to keep you at home,
0: or a husband or a wife, or a yeah. husband
1: or a wife, or whatever it is. Or a savings pool, so that sh- I mean, you know, starting up is not an emotional thing. There's also a practical element yes. to it. If you have to tide through this journey, at least do it in a slightly planned way. Yes. Uh, and I think having one or two years of capital will help you make slightly better decisions. Mm. Um. And when you give away the excess, it's actually not that much capital that you need to have, which is why it's so important if you're starting up after a few years of working, when you're earning income, save it up.
0: Now, and and that comes uh, to the next point, which is your personal goals. They don't go away when you've decided to start up. You still have to take care of your kids. You still have to take care of, uh, say, buying a house, buying a car. How do you deal with all of those competing requirements for capital?
1: I think, you know, Your startup is your baby in your first few years. And Mm. any entrepreneur, regardless of what industry, will tell you that. uh, If your spouse happens to be the partner in a startup, Mm. then it becomes both of your baby. Uh, (laughs) But I think that's a conversation you need to have with your family before you start up. Mm. And I can't emphasize that enough because the first two, three years are damn
0: tough.
1: Um, And before you do the startup journey, make your family prepared for what is going to happen that you might devote less time, that there might be that personal goal that will be Mm. compromised. Because if you try to meet every goal, you're going to drive yourself bananas Mm. uh, and you won't survive.
0: Okay. Now you say that the first two, three years are very difficult. I understand that forefront capital also grew very, very quickly. Um, how, How do you manage that growth spurt or that growth phase? Is there such a thing as growing too quickly?
1: So I think you have to, and I think startups all grow through a great growth phase and growth feels fabulous Mm. uh, in a startup, more so in a corporate, because, you know, you've built it from scratch and you've gone through some very hard times in the Mm. process of growing up. I think you have to focus on quality growth. Um, And that's true in any corporate. It's especially true in a startup because you are your brand, right? So Mm. if in the process of growing too fast, you're not keeping your customers happy. You're making mistakes with the mm. regulator. You're taking shortcuts. Mm. They will come back to hit you. Mm. I promise that. And your business cannot. Afford them in a way a large brand can.
0: In fact, and that's true because I have uh, friends who have started up not in the financial space. In fact, uh, I have one particular friend who's doing, uh, who's constructing pitches, astroturf pitches. And one of the difficulties that he faces are on the cash flow. So he's got multiple orders. But in fact, those orders don't pay him quickly enough for him to take the next order. So it's very important to manage that growth expectation.
1: Exactly. It's important to manage cash flows. It's important to, in India, not get into trouble with the law. Hmm. Uh, one of the mistakes that startups make is, you know, because you're in a rush to start and save money. Uh you don't take the regulations seriously. You don't take some law seriously. You don't take some health ministry seriously. And three years later, you don't take the tax department seriously. Three years later, when it comes Mm. back to haunt you, you can't imagine the impact it will have. So take that stuff seriously.
0: Now, how important is hiring in the initial years? That could be a, a big challenge. It could also be an opportunity. And also, the roles that you play as a startup entrepreneur as a proprietor of the business that you've started are very diverse. In fact, I've heard that you performed certain roles that you never thought you would.
1: Yeah, I got the pen card of the company, I registered the company and I was the pantry <laughs> manager also. Uh, so you do that. And you know, the great thing about that is that's why you should do a startup. And that's why people want to work in a startup because the breadth of work experience you get. So from being an ex-professional, a functional professional, like mm. I was an investment professional, you learn sales, you learn marketing, you learn HR. I was also the first person who was doing the tally entries before we could afford a CA. Wow! So you learn all that. Now, as a CEO, by the way, that experience is very useful mm. because essentially you're supervising people with all those skill sets. Yes. The one thing you don't get in easily in India is people with a wide range of skill sets. Mm. That you get in a startup. In fact, some of my startup employees who are with me today are some of the finest talent I had because they joined with nothing to support them. And they essentially have a breadth of experience mm. that's very, very hard to replicate. That becomes
0: um, invaluable later in life as well. It
1: does. It does. On your resume, you can't quantify or qualify that experience. The other myth is that startups don't attract good people. Mm. Um, I think in today's India, startups attract some of the best people because... Young India does want that growth spurts. Um, In our time, we were able to do an internship program with Harvard and Watton. We were able to be a day one company on IIT's campus Mm. because as a startup founder, when you go pitch your company with passion, it's pretty difficult for a corporate HR guy to match that.
0: Yeah, because it's not obviously the CEO of that company making the pitch. But having said that, how important is your brand and building out your brand and the awareness of your brand in the early years?
1: It is because essentially, I mean, there's a great line in Hindi that mm. you know, perception is ultimately reality. Um, and I think it's very important for your brand to be visible. The good news is today media and social media has democratized things where you don't need to put a huge amount of budget yes. into Creating a brand. Good content finds its audience. Uh, So whether it is social media, whether it is thought leadership through Mm. blogs, whether it is producing interesting podcast or video content, all of that is a great brand builder, regardless of which industry you're in. Mm. And... We should get this out of our head that marketing myself is not important. or I don't know how to do it. You have to learn how to do it. You
0: need to make yourself visible. You do need. But of to. course, it depends on the on the uh, business that you're in.
1: You need to make your business visible. Yeah. You need to make your product visible to the right consumers. Mm. It doesn't matter what business you're in. I mm. mean, there is a product that you're selling, which is why you exist, or a service, and there is a consumer for it, which is why you exist. So that visibility has to be there.
0: Now, they say that every small business, every startup passes through a crucible. Um, did you have to face that at some point of time? And they say that it comes anywhere between the first two to three years and either you survive and thrive or you just go bust.
1: I think every startup goes through a phase where it's kind of grown and then suddenly something happens and you have to rethink your whole business model. Uh, We went through that and I know many friends in startup who have gone through that. I think the two things that help you are one, clarity, clarity about why you exist and what you want to do yet being clear enough to change. So you can't Mm. love your old idea so much Mm. that you're too scared to pivot. I mean, startups exist because they're agile, they're
0: flexible. Yes.
1: So you have to do that. And then I think the second team is the persistence and passion of the team Mm. that holds you together. I mean, this is a game of persistence. So in that period, you can't go through a low. You have to be fast. You have to be nimble and you have to have the energy to tell your team, I can turn this around.
0: Fantastic. Now, It comes to uh, a point sometimes when you've grown to a certain stage and you're thinking, wow, I've invested a lot of time, energy, capital, effort into this business. I've grown it to the stage where it's now self-sustainable and there are people outside who are interested in putting money in. Do you think that it's so? It's a very hard decision, therefore, to make to cash out at that stage. How difficult is it, and what do you think of as a proprietor?
1: So, firstly, it's very different by industry and by situation. But I will say, selling five percent, ten percent, and definitely hundred percent stake in your business is a very difficult and personal mm. de- uh, decision. I went through a lot of emotional turmoil mm. when I uh, did it. Um, you should do it for the right reasons and you should do it with the right people. Um, There are very different kinds of deals with startup. When we sold our business, we also became employees of the company that we worked for. And if you're getting into that kind of situation, who your partner is, is very, very important. Mm. Um, If you're doing it where you're just selling a company and moving all, then maybe financial considerations are a lot more important. Uh, But you have to think about why you're selling it, what stage you're selling at it. Mm. But, don't hold on to your baby so tightly. There will be a time where either you need capital or it will be better for the business to take that next step with someone else. So mm. you can't be too emotional about it. And this is easier said than done. I've gone through this
0: exercise. You saw that with Forefront Capital, right? Where you your scale just dramatically increased.
1: And we realized at some point that we needed a bigger partner given mm. our industry to really, you know, get what we wanted. Mm.
0: All right, well, You know, I think that we've covered a very diverse set of uh, aspects of starting up. Any last bits of advice that you would like to give my listeners? Some of them, I'm sure, are listening very avidly because they've got that great next startup idea.
1: Don't be scared to start up. I think uh, regardless of what you do in your career, it will be an experience on your resume that you look back on. Very, very fondly, regardless of whether the startup succeeds or fails. So, don't judge yourself by whether it'll succeed or fail because a lot of them fail, but the experience is not a failure.
0: And hang in there.
1: Hang in there. Oh, absolutely. Hang in there.
0: All right. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, Radhika. Thank you so much for joining us on BQ Big say. Thank you so much. And to you, dear listener, I hope that this conversation helped you out, especially those of you who are thinking of starting up. If you're listening to this and you do start up, I hope that I get to speak to you in a few years. Thanks so much for listening. This is Bloomberg Quint. If you enjoyed big decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead hosted by Varundugirala, the Ronnie Screwvala podcast hosted by Ronnie Screwvala, or Cyrus Says hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the amazing story of something awesome. Once Chuck decided to start a podcast and so he did. The end. Okay, that was a crappy story. But I've got some really cool stories over at my new show, The Origin of Things. On this podcast, I look at the stories of how brands came into being and sometimes evolved out of quite unexpected circumstances. And to make it really fun, I reveal the name of the brand and sometimes a category only at the very end. The show is 5-7 minutes per episode and perfect for trivia junkies and brand nerds, especially those with short attention spans. New episodes out every Wednesday on IVM Podcast app or website or any podcast app or site that you happen to prefer. End of story, they lived happily ever after.
1: Are you constantly seeking happiness? Wondering how to make the most of every day? How not to let... Your inhibitions stop you from achieving your goals? It's now time to get your A-game on. It's time to unlock your true potential. Tune in to the empowering series with me, Zarina Poonawala, to feel empowered in all genres of life. From behavioral skills to management skills, from health to relationships, from mental well-being to emotional well-being, and of course your finances. I've got you covered. With these tips and tricks from me, Zarina, and true life stories from my amazing guests, you're bound to bring your purest to the table. Tune in to the empowering series with Zarina Punavala every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app, website, or wherever you listen to podcasts.